this is Sky Brooks, Jenny, and Cass, and we will be continuing to bring some points out as we did the last episode on theistic evolution. The goals of the neo-Darwinists, not as they appear. And also a few comments on what we said before, believing that after Easter weekend, we might start seeing some positive changes. Hope to have you listen in. See you in just a second or two. Thanks. The views and opinions expressed are those of the authors any content provided by our bloggers, or authors, are of their opinion, and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone, or anything. I don't even know who they flipping are, I was just told to make this recording. It's a job. This is Sky Brooks again, and here we are. And as we mentioned in the trailer, the goals of the neo-Darwinists are not as they appear. And we did mention that after the Easter weekend that we also mentioned that you would see some changes in this incredible time. And there are going to be some positive changes. What changes have you both noticed recently? Anything, anywhere? Yes, Sky. I have seen some positive changes, just as you mentioned last week. And it's been very interesting to watch as the weather begins to warm up. It is going to be very hard to keep people inside. Just a quick mention, I know this is recorded, but today on the 17th, Utah opened its state parks, and there never had a stay in order. Texas is beginning open up, and there are many other states that will be joining in, opening up their communities. I find it interesting, though your press they seems to think New York is the United States or as is California, many other people here can see why many Americans, or middle America, sees their problems, but they see it as their problems, and they shouldn't migrate their problems to us, or to our communities. New York or California do not represent us. There are 48 other states, or I thought so. Do you think communities, for example in South Dakota, want to be like New York? I think not. I know, that's a pretty bold comment, however I, only say what I perceive, and what others are only thinking. I too have noticed a few things Sky, recognizing some positive changes and the great progress against COVID-19. Many states are beginning to open, and it's about time, some weren't even affected like New York or California, but the whole country just followed suit. Those two states certainly aren't representative of the other 48, especially South Dakota. It was just done with a broad stroke following those false models, and I agree as the warm weather approaches, they're not going to keep people inside, are you? Flipping kidding me, I think it's time to open things up, you know, we all take risks every day. The consequences of shutting down things as they did are enormous. There were only about seven, or so states that basically were doing all right. Those governors handled that pretty fairly. Why didn't the press cover those? I'm telling you they just promote fear and panic, its way of control, keeping the populace under control. And now it looks completely political. But here's the thing that really bothers me, where did the term essential pop up, and who gets to determine what is essential? Essential for people. I popped on the news the other night, 
and caught the governor of Michigan telling the residents what is non-essential and what is essential. Clothing, being alone outside, and many other things that are just ridiculous. These are the type of restrictions, very similar to Wuhan in China. I understand why some things may be, but not baby seats. And what's that about non-essential surgeries? Dental, for one. What would you do there if you needed immediate dental work? You can buy weed, get high, but you can't get seeds for a garden. What's the deal on that one? Must be because of the tax revenue. Yes, I can see both of you have done pretty well over this last week. And thank you for your comments. But you know you can watch news one day and skip five days, come back and watch the same news program, and it's the same thing again. Depressing. And you are right. They do continue to create fear and panic and a, a great deal of misinformation. And yes, we did mention that after Easter, things would start to open up. And here we are on the first week after Easter. Many, many states have opened their parks. Some states are beginning to have a rolling reopening. And it's going to continue. They're not going to be able to keep people inside. You can't keep suppressing the human spirit, let alone the American spirit. The history is too well defined on our freedoms and our national heritage and our Bill of Rights. I hope you both see, as we've gone through this book, The Theistic Evolution, everyone believes the debate is between evolutionists, Darwinists, and those that have a firm belief in creation. As we've defined, Creationism is a direct belief in the creation as described in the Bible. Creation also includes that it just occurred out of nothing, which is easily explainable, but not in this episode. However, that's not the debate. This, there's a great deception going on here. The debate is about the validity three major chapters in the Bible in the Old Testament. Genesis chapters 1 through 3. It really mentions and teaches about essential truths and the activity in the creation and the origin of the universe, the creation of plants, animals that are on the earth, the origin and the continuation of the human race, the creation of man and woman, and their place beside each other. It talks about genealogies. Without genealogies, where are you then? Right where neo-Darwinists want you. And here's an interesting statistic for you. The internet is used mostly for genealogy. That's interesting, isn't it? You might want to ask yourself, why? that is happening. Is genealogy important? Yes. The origin of marriage. Without that, the foundation in those three chapters and the rest of the Bible would make no sense. And many beliefs and doctrines and concepts would be undermined and would be lost. So here's what I'm saying. Again, if you take away those first three chapters, everything else falls apart. Do you see the debate? It's not really about evolution. And there are many that just fall into that trap time and time again. Neo-Darwinists can't explain anything like that. Here's the concern is that many believe in the Bible. Many deeply committed Christians, many believe that the theory of evolution so firmly that they must accept it as true. You cannot have it both ways because if one is true, the other is false. And if the other one is true, the other one is false. The Bible presents an actual historical event. Many aspects of human beings and other living creatures cannot be reconciled with theistic evolution. At the heart of evolution 
is the claim that the first three chapters of the Bible should not be understood as a historical narrative, that these chapters should be understood primarily figuratively or metaphorically. Many are saying that God created matter and after that did not guide or intervene or act directly, that all living things have evolved purely by natural processes. We define that as a deist. So what you say when we say that God is a creator of all life, we are saying that modern evolutionary theory holds that matter itself evolved over a long period of time into all living things. Now, I'm not saying everything in this book I would agree with. Some of the ideas are very speculative. Early on in the book, they mentioned the possibility that there were merely tens of thousands of ancestors of the human race, and the proposition or the proposal that God picked two out of the group and they became Adam and Eve. I'm not really sure where they get that. That's quite that's quite speculative and is just as bad as neo-Darwinist or, or Darwinism. Now, the King James Version of the Bible is the commonly accepted scripture for Christianity or even for, for modern Christendom. What if I was to ask you this question? Was King James a bad guy or was he a good, historically, was he a good guy? And there was a Bible before the King James Version. It's called the Geneva Bible, dated 1599. It was America's actually first Bible that the founders used. And the main reason that the King James Bible became the current standard edition or usage was because the Geneva Bible had passages in it on the divine or the lack of divine right of kings, that kings did not have divine authority. So King James printed his own, and, and the Geneva Bible wasn't printed anymore. The colonies had to import their Bibles from England because the only printing presses available were in England. You might want to do a little research on that. I'm not saying not to use the King James Version at all. What I'm saying is there's a historical precedent. There was many that didn't want to use the King James Version because it said King James on it, and they did not want to have any relationship with any kings. They had just won their independence from a king. Now, as we mentioned, there are 1,007 pages in this book, comprised of 31 chapters. And mentioned earlier, you can pick and choose on what chapters you want to read and refer to because the book is not written in a story form, but more as a reference. Sky, I enjoyed chapter 23. It is quite interesting. It is entitled, Theistic Evolution and the Problem of Natural Evil. What is natural evil anyway? So-called, experts, try to discuss why there is so much evil, or pain and suffering in the world. The Darwinism approach, argues that the existence of an omnipotent, omniscient, or, and benevolent God, is impossible, or at least highly improbable. Those might want to ask themselves, free will, free agency, are those terms familiar at all? Things just do happen, it rains, on the good, as well, on the bad, you have to understand your purpose here, there is a purpose, it doesn't make any difference, if you believe it, or not. If everyone on the planet, didn't believe in a god it wouldn't change the fact that there is. So if there is a creator, that created all these processes, and it is his intent for his creations to learn and to progress, even by observation and discovery, thereby he would be directly interested, right? We certainly would call that micromanagement, and why not, 
because as we have tried to get across, any type of complex processes couldn't proceed directly on their own. And are we just now recognizing that there was some sort, or is a sort of intelligent design behind it? Some are just now getting around to it. What would that mean to you? Would that change your position? Darwin's explanation of life fails even in a practical sense, which is its undoing. What the experts are trying to explain is, if there was a creator how did he create, really? I say, would anyone know how that process would be contrived? What would be the mechanics behind it? Would we even understand the mechanics behind it? It would be like the clay, trying to understand the potter. Let's hear a comment from Stephen Myers, on this very topic from his lecture. Is God doing anything? Is it scientifically relevant at all to talk about theistic evolution if God isn't guiding the process? And besides which, if God's guiding the process, that would be a form of intelligent design, and the leading spokespersons for theistic evolution have repudiated the theory of intelligent design. It's clear to me, there has been so much disinformation, distortion, and to be politically correct, many have misspoken, but until there's those, more, and more raising their voices, and their objections and questions, not much is going to change in the mainstream. The evidence is there. From reading this book, not only should the direction be going to ID design, the scientific evidence that a designer designed complex biological information in the cell, you can take it even further, that if that's true, as it is, then not only by observation as common sense dictates, a creator not only began these processes, but is involved in over those creations. All you need to do is look around, so-called experts keep throwing around and renaming old ideas. We all have recognized several concepts. One, that mutations cannot have the creative power for new species. If a mutation does occur, it will not only die with the new organism. The mutation doesn't occur on a large enough scale to matter. Time is also against it. There just isn't the creative power without further information to do so. Two, the idea of common ancestry doesn't work either. As the old adage, or saying goes, the theory which explains everything really explains nothing. Theistic evolution, signature in the cell, the books by Myers we have mentioned. There is also another one called Darwin's Dilemma. He also wrote, the question you must ask, why is he met with so much resistance, as well as many others, bringing forth new information? I know the answer, Sky, but I believe I will leave that up to the readers. This read was long, but quite comprehensive, covering many areas of interest. Anyone that has an inquiring mind, or searching out questions, this one would be a good one to investigate. I just want to close by saying, I wish those in Michigan good luck with their protests. It's always interesting to watch people protest in America, but only in a peaceful way. You're so blessed to have the right to do things like that. I can truly understand why those rights are so important, and according to your constitution they are God-given? As for me, it does look like a bit of an overreach, and you can believe me when I sail what they are doing. There is no such thing beyond your shores. Cheers. Yes, you both have made some great points. 
As we bring this to a close, there is so much that we can cover. As for now, I hope you would all continue to be aware. We'll get with Don't you later. Worry. Thanks so much. I just love be this song. Happy. I don't know why.